Welcome back. We are here after nearly three weeks off. How have you all been coping? Thank you very much for joining us once again. Welcome to our big match build-up show and finally some Saints to talk about. Southampton head along the south coast to the Amex Stadium this weekend to play Brighton and Hove Albion. So a lot to discuss then on this week's show. Just think how different the mood might have been had we not beaten Tottenham Hotspur all those weeks ago. Do find out what we've made of Saints' international performances this weekend and we discuss the importance of this game. How will it have a lasting effect on the outcome of the season? Is this a must-not lose? We also ask Brighton fans how they feel ahead of the weekend and whether they could well be distracted by their FA Cup semi-final. It's a massive game for them. They know that if they win it, they, you know, they, they, they'd be six points clear of us, and uh, that'd be quite a lot to call to claw back at this stage of the season. This this is a crunch battle with your very top players coming out, and don't take the FA Cup into equation. That that will be out of their minds. They. They're, they're, let's face it, they're going to play Man City at Wembley. Um, well, good luck with that. You know, um, this this is a this is their cup final right now, and it's our cup final. It's not. It might be a must-win for you, and that's fair enough. Or is a must-not lose? I think for us, it's a must-not lose um, because what it will do is it will deny you know Southampton the points that they'd need. Fine, but I think that seeing as we have so few opportunities to pick up points away from home, that this is one of those that we'd, we'd have to target. And I think that Chris will go into this not all guns blazing. He doesn't do that, but I think with a, a mentality to you know this is a, a winnable game. As usual, now then the episode is available to download. If you press on the card above my head, if you're watching on YouTube or available on most audio platforms, in the links below the show. Do stay tuned later on for your bite-sized away guide and your travel advice. And you can grab yourself a 10% discount on one of these singing Saint scarves courtesy of the 12th man. All you have to do is type in the ugly inside or one word in the discount code in your checkout. So less of that then more of this. Time to kick off our big match build-up show. Brighton and Herve Albion versus Southampton. Welcome along then to our first half of our Brighton big match build-up show. A familiar face. Uh, it feels like it's been ages since we spoke about the uh, the match review just to keep things ticking over the Tottenham game. But Clive, good to see you. How, how have you been coping, mate? No competitive football in nearly three weeks. I've been working, Freddie. Working <laughs> like a dog. Getting saving up for Europe next season. <laughs> <laughs> we live in hope. We live in hope, but there's, uh, there's no reason why live we can't. Live in hope. So, I'm, I'm, I suppose I'm in another world there. I suppose yeah. we can also, you know, use this chance just reflect really briefly on the uh, on the Tottenham result. Still a sensational victory, though. You know, still basking in the, in the feeling, if you like. And it would have been a totally different mood had we gone into this three week break without a win. Yeah, it gives us a lot of. Um, encouragement for the rest of the season doesn't it and you know, as, as well the guys have gone off on their international breaks buoyant with with a spring in their step you know and and the, and the training camp obviously there'll, there'll be a lot of belief there that we can do it as a club the whole club as as i said in the last thing mm. i think it gives the youth of the club a big impetus to uh, a big sense of you know that this club will give you a chance if you're good enough 
and you you will get a chance at the top level. You know, this week we've also seen handful of uh, internationals, including James Ward-Prowse. We're joking just before we come over there. We're recording yeah. at the time uh, as England are playing. Has James Ward-Prowse played yet? No, he hasn't. But uh, ultimately, he was called up after three withdrawals. It's almost, for me, it feels like it's an insult that he's not good enough for the first call-up. Yeah, I, I, th- I think you're right. Given given that the other guys have hardly played, I think that's a fair comment, Freddie. And, and James has played so well lately. Has it served its purpose if he doesn't even come on tonight? Well... You know he's been away. He's been training. Um, he's he's with he's part of the setup for the future. And if he keeps banging them in like he has been, and keeps playing like he has been, it's going to be hard to leave him out. Yeah, it'd be hard for uh, Gareth Southgate to ignore, I suppose, his former England under twenty one captain. But we've also seen a handful of others being away this week. Bednarek, actually, who's come down with flu. There's been a virus outbreak in the Polish national team, so he hasn't played actually. Elianusi played against Spain for Norway the other day, and Hoiberg scored in the uh, uh, in the game against Kosovo. And uh, uh, Stuart Armstrong also been in action. And um, what have you made of their weeks? Have you seen much of their action? I, I haven't seen much of their action. No, I mean the overriding thing is is from from our point of view going into this Brighton game that the players get back as soon as possible, and that Ralph gets two or three days with them to drum into him what he wants for the Brighton game and what his plan is. I'm sure they all know what the plan is already, but, you know, it's it's just important to get together and have that feeling back that we had at the end of the Tottenham game to get that, that sense of enthusiasm and belief back together again because it's important to get that mood back into the camp, I think, yeah. and, and, and get that enthusiasm, as, as well as for the fans because, you know, it has been a long break, three weeks. It's... Uh, the scheduling just seems all to cock in the Premier League. It's, it's like, you know, they play at the most inopportune times for us to go and watch them. All right, thank, thankfully, this one's Saturday, three o'clock, great. But a lot of the games are rescheduled and on to different days. So, and, and it all seems a bit crammed at times and then you get a three-week break. Mm. Um, from the players' point of view and from managers' point of view, that is a nightmare. And I guess if we reflect back on the breaks that we have had, like you say, we, we haven't been able to capitalise on, I suppose, the momentum before the break. So, you know, the boys have been at home this week. The, the players haven't been international duty. Uh, originally, mm. we were meant to play mm. a friendly at home to Bristol City, but uh, eventually it was a 3-2 win against Chris, uh, Q, QPR. Uh, in midweek yeah, yeah. Uh, with Charlie Austin Gallagher and, and Jake Vokens also getting a chance in the team and on the score sheet yeah well there's there's another name that might come good in the future you know he's he's represented his country hasn't he so I, I think Jake's progress has been uh, very encouraging and uh, I think the whole of the youth setup has, has had a massive boost since Ralph's come into the club and shown that he's willing to if you're good enough doesn't matter how, how old you are you're in that you're in the setup. Whether you're in the team or not obviously takes time, but mm. it's it's a massive boost for these guys. And and having a lot of youngsters there, I think the fans are on side. They 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 will always respond to having young good young players coming through. We've done it right through our history. Uh, since I've been supporting Saints and uh, it looks like we're doing it again now. Yeah, I guess notably uh, we also saw obviously Danny Ings missed the Tottenham game a few weeks ago. Uh, you know, we, we obviously thought that perhaps his target was Tottenham but clearly wasn't fit but now he's been rested to aim for Brighton, managed to 45 minutes against QPR uh, in the midweek. Um, what are the chances do you think he'll be straight back into the squad on Saturday at the Amex? I think it's quite a good chance if he's fit just on the basis of 
you can't buy it. You know, he's got that experience at top game level and he's, he's, he's one of these guys that joins, in terms of his football ability, he joins the play up so well. So I think I think he could well be back. And, you know, Josh Sims, obviously there's that argument. He did so well against Tottenham coming on. A man of the match appearance in 45 minutes. Mm. And, and you think, oh, he's got to be in, he's got to be in. But uh, last season he had a, a similar thing where he did very, very well away to Burnley. And then he started a game and he, he didn't have such an effect. So sometimes that's the manager's call. And, and that's why that's where this guy earns his money. He's doing a lot of things right for us, and 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 this is where he earns his money, really, whether to make that big decision. But my gut would say that Danny Ings would get the nod if he's fit, because the before the break we actually saw the two the two games before the break we saw two unchanged teams. I mean, obviously, if all yeah. the players come back fit and fresh and rare and to go, you know, it could be a possibility that once again we'll see an unchanged team for the third team, uh, third game in a row. It could be Freddie, but I I just think. Danny Ings is so crucial to our forward chances that he would he would be back in the fold. Mm. We shall see. Well, Brighton have also got the, uh, I suppose, a similar episode like we had last season, an FA Cup semi-final to play after this game at the weekend. It's their first semi-final in the FA Cup in over 30 years, you know. It almost hindered our campaign. Do you think they'll have one eye on the cup? No. No, I don't. <laughs> I, I, sorry, to, sorry to shatter that illusion. But no, this is a massive game for them. They know that if they win it, they you know they they'd be six points clear of us, and uh, that'd be quite a lot to claw to claw back at this stage of the season. Lose it, we're right we're right in there with them. They've got they've got a slightly better goal difference. I think we'd have to win three 0 to to overhaul them. So in a game as tight as this, I think that scoreline might be un- unlikely. But you know that it's it's a massive pressure for both these teams, and. Uh, it's one of those ones it's, as fans you go there with a sort of knot in your stomach just hoping for the best and hoping your team's going to respond and pick up where we left off against Tottenham So would you say this is a, a, a must not lose game rather than a must win? Obviously if we don't lose we've still got the three points behind them so they're still very much intact mm. so yeah you could you could say that from that point of view I think uh, I've seen a bit of Brighton I went down there to watch them in, in the cup match when they played West Brom and and they were absolutely awful that day um, <laughs> against West Brom's youth team, to be honest. Um, obviously, we saw them in the League Cup. They're strange, strange, Brighton. They, sometimes you watch their football and you think, how are they, how they got all these points on the board? But I think they're a very canny team. They're very, I think you've got to give credit to the manager with the players that he's got. He's done tremendously well. And their philosophy is that they improve season on season. And I think they've done that. To be, to, to be absolutely fair to them. Um, so they're a tough nut to crack, especially on their own on their own patch. Don't play the prettiest football, but they're effective and they're very effective from set pieces. One thing that I'm very worried about, obviously Tottenham got a lot of joy, uh, a lot of free room in the box from from free kicks and, and, and movement. So I'm, I'm quite worried we need to be a lot tighter, especially on, on Murray. This, this is a crunch battle with your very top players coming out and, don't take the FA Cup into equation. That that will be out of their minds. They, they're, they're, let's face it, they're going to play Man City at Wembley. Um, well, good luck with that. You know, um, this this is a this is their cup final right now, and it's our cup final. And I just hope we go into it in a, a positive frame of mind. I'm sure we will. I'm sure we will. But but be wary of you know maybe our 
fragilities are from set pieces mm. and their strength is from set pieces. That's what worries me. But football-wise, I think I think we can have a lot of joy. I think we can um, play some really, really good stuff going forward. And hopefully, it's quite a big pitch. You know, I, I, I think you, you're not going to have a, a game where it's just... Uh, what we call a midfield battle, I think it, it's going to be, it's going to get quite stretched at times. Okay, well, great stuff though, Clive. Good to speak to you as always. Any top tips on away pubs? There's a plethora, plethora of good cracking pubs down in Brighton, isn't there? Well, if I said that, you'd all be in there, and I'd never get a beer. <laughs> but there, there are a few around the station. Um, some of them are, are, are Brighton pubs. All, all I would say is that getting to and from the game on the train is an absolute ball ache um, in that it's it, I mean you can get beer at the ground so that's one thing there, mm. there, there are caravans outside the ground selling it and um, I don't mean the caravans you get in Portsmouth I mean the ones that you know <laughs> that, that, you, that you get served burgers from and things yeah. um, but you can also get beer in the ground and and they do uh, one thing they do keep the, the bar open for a short while after the game, so you can have a pint if you don't want that mad crush at the station. And it is a crush, and it is a you know it looks like the weather's going to be okay, so I don't think that's going to be an issue. But yeah, have a beer after the game, have a couple. Let's hope we're celebrating a win and um, onwards and upwards, mate. Absolutely, and on onwards to Liverpool that the, the the Friday after as well. So I know you don't like predictions, but uh, we just hope for a good performance, don't we, mate? We do. I I am actually going to say that we're going to win this one, and we're going to we're going to go out in a very positive frame of mind. I hope, hopefully, it's all about if you do get ahead in the game, sticking with it, you know, and, and digging in because they they will come strong at, at and and when they're battering us, you know, if we do get ahead, that's the point. That's the time to stay strong in the game. Great stuff, mate. And I'll see you at the weekend. All right, ready up the Saints. Great to speak to Clive as always. And if you see us in the pub before or after the match, do give us a shout. Anyway, on to your bite-sized away guide. And if you're heading in on the train, firstly, you've got to negotiate the engineering works on Southwestern railway lines between Winchester and Southampton Central before you even get to Brighton. And there will be bus replacements all day Saturday. So do check your journey if you're coming from any of those stations in between Winchester and Central. But once you do get to Central, it is pretty much plain sailing on the Southern Line direct to Brighton, and you do not need a direct ticket to Falmer, which serves the Amex Stadium because your match ticket is inclusive of train travel to and from the ground. But one thing to know, the later you do leave it on match day, getting to the ground from the outer stations, there is likely to be long queues for the shuttle services. But once you do arrive in Brighton, as mentioned a little earlier on, there is a plethora of great little pubs. But do be aware, the pubs directly by the uh, station, the mainline train station, will only admit home fans only before the match, at least before the match anyway. So I'd say take a little wander down the town towards the uh, the lanes or towards some of these side streets where some cracking, cracking pubs. And if you are driving down to Brighton, the club do try to encourage fans to make use of the park and ride uh, services 
available at Mill Road, Brighton Racecourse and Mithras House, the Brighton University campus. And like Clive suggested, once the game is over, then it's probably best to just take your time, have a little pint at the ground whilst the train station queues do die down a little. Anyway, there you have it. Plenty to consider on Saturday time now to speak to our opposition, the Albion Raw, and we find out how the Seagulls are feeling ahead of the weekend. Will they be distracted by the FA Cup? What is their priority? So welcome along then to this second half of this big match build-up show. Saints head to the Amex Stadium this weekend, and who better to ask than uh, Alan from the Brighton Hove podcast and the radio show, the Albion Raw. Good to see you again. How are you, mate? I'm fine, man. I'm fine. Uh, I say, uh, just uh, at a, a 50th birthday party last night. Feeling a bit fragile, <laughs> but nothing like as fragile as after the FA Cup game that we had last weekend. Well, I suppose we'll get to the FA Cup as well a bit later on, but we'll, we'll, we'll talk about sort of domestic matters more to home, really. I mean, this weekend, the, the, the match, both of us sitting on the same points at 30 points and before Huddersfield at the beginning of the month and the victory against Leicester, you hadn't won in all of 2019. And then, uh, you know, you follow it up with a Crystal Palace win the following week. Um, I mean, how, how did that feel, really? Oh, beating Crystal Palace is always good. I mean, it's, it's like... Uh, uh, you might as well start raining chocolate. You couldn't be happier. It's, it's wonderful. And to do it at their place, you know, we did the double over them for the first time in 35 years. They, we actually looked it up. We, we, they haven't done the double over last since 1933. These are the important things you have to consider. It's like you guys, when you think about what it's like when you're playing Portsmouth and all these little things you're going to pick up on and write all the, the, the tiny little fragments to actually make you feel self feel better with, um, you know, one team or another. So beating Palace, always good. But, you know, in the greater scheme of things, never mind the rivalry, it's points we desperately needed. We were expecting you know I'd have bitten your hand off for a draw ahead of that game but to, to come away with a win especially with Knockhart's goal the one he scored you know it's brilliant and it's really brought Crystal Palace back into the mixer as well you know obviously yeah. Brighton with a couple of games in hand on Palace and a game in hand on us and two games in, in hand over was it Burnley that sit below us Mm, yeah, it's, it's all getting a bit sort of interesting and messy down the bottom there. I think mean, it's probably fair to say that that uh, Huddersfield and Fulham are probably as as, as good as gone. They're, you know, they're they're not in a good position at all. So it's a scramble for the last three. And, and yeah, Cardiff might be in the you know the favourites to, to go down at this particular moment in time. We still have to play them. Uh, but you know, I think probably our best opportunity is the fact that we have you know those teams around us to play at home and we've got a pretty decent home record we are abominable away from home and we have to play the likes of Chelsea and Arsenal and uh, everyone else I think that, 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 that you, know, we, you don't want to have to play away and we're not expecting to pick up any more points but at home this is our, our main uh, our main hope and uh, like I said we're pretty reasonable but for everyone else to be in the mix yeah, it's going to be interesting although you don't really want to be in it but hey that's football you know this is what we signed up for of course, you know, obviously big games to, well, big teams to play in the running, you know, like you say, you've got Spurs, Arsenal, Man City in the final few games. I mean, how significant is it to get those points on the board right now before we get into the running? Absolutely. I mean, we had a decent first half of the season um, to put ourselves kind of mid-table and the disastrous January and February that we've had has kind of dragged us back into it. So you've got to get to realise it. You keep the, just basically keep the scoreboard ticking over. You know, a win, a home, a draw away, and you'd be more than okay. You'd be doing pretty well, actually. Um, but this, you know, obviously football doesn't work that way. Um, so, yeah, keeping the scoreboard ticking over. And like I say, I mean, this is where, with all due respect to yourselves, we're, we're targeting, definitely targeting a way out home. We have Cardiff to play at home. We have Newcastle to play at home. And if we don't pick things up from there, then, you know, we, we deserve to be in the mess that we, we, you know, we'd find ourselves in. 
I'm interested to find out how you think Chris Hutton will approach this game. Of course, you know, us as Saints fans, this is a game we must not lose. And, and, you know, the last three games in the league have all been draws. How do you think Chris Hutton will be approaching this game? I think he'd be relatively confident of a win. I mean, you know, Southampton's uh, record isn't brilliant at the moment. We are, like I say, we are pretty decent at home. To be honest, I think that the the international break has done us no end of favours. Actually, I mean, everyone's still buzzing from last weekend, and you you, you think I think find it hard for everyone, but certainly the supporters and maybe the players to a certain extent to concentrate. Um, and for us, I think it's not. It might be a must win for you, and that's fair enough. Or is a must not lose? I think for us, it's a must not lose um, because what it will do is it will deny you know Southampton the points that they'd need fine but I think that seeing as we have so few opportunities to pick up points away from home that this is one of those that we'd we'd have to target and I think that Chris will go into this not all guns blazing he doesn't do that but I think with a a mentality to you know this is a a winnable game and it really tested your resolve and your mental strength a couple of weeks ago in the I suppose you could say a classic cup tie against Millwall (laughs) you know 2-0 down you look dead and buried and then suddenly a a last minute sort of equaliser from Solly Marcher all do it albeit from a a golfing error. Yeah. Well, Southampton of all teams know what it's like to be two up in the in the <laughs> FA Cup. You know, we, yeah, quite. Sorry to rub it in, but you know, I mean, we were dreadful that day. We were absolutely dreadful. But it's the, the stuff. Even when you get to the Premier League, you realise there's a certain level of magic to it. Yeah. Um, we got we've got a pretty decent goal in 88 minutes, and then you know, even we we even called it when Solly March put that free kick in. He said no, it's, it's going he's going to overhit it and he's just going to stick it down the keeper's throat. He did exactly that. Thankfully, the keeper obliged us. Total fluke. I think after that, you saw that you know we were the fitter team. You know, Mill were were, were flagging, and we had a a, a goal uh, ruled out wrongly for offside. Uh, that would have settled it. But, you know, penalties are exciting. I'm sure for the neutral, people are sort of scratching their heads saying, what happened there? For us, we're actually, you know, our wheels are absolutely spinning. So, and it, and this is our first Wembley appearance, apart from the, you know, Spurs game. But this is our first Wembley appearance for a long time. Um, these, these, these occasions are few and far between for us. So, yeah, we're milking it in. We're playing Manchester City at Wembley, but... You know, we're we're just taking it in, but so long as everyone doesn't lose sight of the fact that we still have, you know, Southampton and Chelsea before we play Manchester City. Yeah, and that's my literally my next point. You know, after the weekend, it is your FA Cup semi final. I think it was over thirty odd years since your last appearance at an mm. FA Cup uh, appearance yeah. at Wembley. You know, but uh, you know, we had the same last season. We had a, a semi final to play against Chelsea, and as you could say we were somewhat distracted by a FA Cup run. How do you think Brighton fans are feeling about it? Will you be prioritising one over another, and of course Chelsea to play on Wednesday between the weekend? I think they'll be prioritising the Saturday game because you know that that's a better chance to get the points. The Chelsea game is a little bit more of a free hit. Um, so certainly will be, uh, I, I, and I don't suppose for a second. It depends on how the South, Brighton-Southampton game goes. That If we do get the win, I suspect that Chris Hutton might actually rest some of the players that he intends to play for the semi-final against Chelsea. It might mean a little bit of a pasting, but it's the choices he's got to make because I think the Premier League is the priority. If we get the win against Southampton, we've given ourselves a little bit more breathing space. If we don't get it, then we still have to concentrate, is my take on it. But then this is Chris Hewton, you know, for every fan that will tell you about how how they think it should go in and they'll have their, their own armchair managerial style. Chris Hewton, by and large, knows what he's on about. So, yeah, it's worth we, we can all sort of guess, second guess what he's going to try and do. We just have to go with what he's going to do. Well, you've also seen recently um, a bit of a, a fossil fuel sort of a getting back on the score sheet once again. But he's been in and out of the side recently. Glenn Murray, 11 goals this season, you know, one more goal he'll equal last season's tally. But how does he keep doing it? 
35 years um, old. Uh, because he doesn't run around much. <laughs> um, I've seen I've seen yogurt turn quicker than him. Um, no, he's he's a kind of a bit of a bully. He's a six yard sniffer. Um, he has no pace whatsoever. I'm I'm sort of far too heavy and, and, and fat, and I can outpace him probably. Um, in Florin Andoni, we have a very very fast uh, centre forward who's actually finally coming good now, although he himself is injured. So it's it's a case of you know Murray just. He, he he knows all the canny tricks that, you know, he is as fit as, you know, the likes of Teddy Sherring used to be and Kevin Phillips used to be, you know. So it's it's he's kind of one of those sort of elder statesmen who'll let everyone else do the running around for him and he'll just sort of find his space and and hopefully sort of bury the chances that, that might come his way. And I guess, you know, a player that we spoke about last time a few months ago that didn't quite hit the ground running but scored a cracking goal in the FA Cup, uh, Jurgen Lacardia. Is it Lacardia? Lacardia. Uh, yeah. Yep. Uh, so we got up yep. and out your races right, right this time. But uh, what, what have you made of him so far? Is, it, is he going to be playing, I suppose, on on, on Saturday? Um, if Florian Andoni is fit, he'll be ahead of Lacardia. I'll I, be, be astonished if Lacardia starts. Um, one would assume that Murray will. Um, and, and Andoni would be on the bench and Lacardia might be on the bench. Yeah, he's an interesting beast. He's kind of more played as a wide forward rather than a, uh, a, a number 10 or a leader. He can do He can lead the line. Um, he does have a little bit of pace about him. His decision making at the moment isn't as great as it could or should be. He's still learning, you know, getting used to this. It's taken a bit of time for some of the new signings to bed in. Um, there is something about him, but you know, he's he's not he's far, far from the finished product yet. Um, there's there's more to come from him. Okay, excellent stuff then. So um, it's a must not lose for both teams. You know, you say you you want a, a home win, but uh, let, let us know your your score prediction for the weekend, then, mate. Oh, well, assuming that all the players turn up and, and treat the game properly like they should do, I would be, you know, we're, and we're not not going to concede. So I'll, I'll, I'll go for a 2-1 to the Albion. Right. Well, there you go. I don't like the sound of that. I must not lose for Saints. <laughs> uh, I suppose we could say we're still unbeaten at the Amex uh, over the last couple of seasons, but we're clutching a little bit. But uh, <laughs> great, to, great to speak to you again, Alan. Just remind anybody that I suppose is, is living in the West Sussex area where they can sort of catch up with you or your radio show. Pick up with us anywhere across the world. The Albion Raw is on Radio Reverb 97.2 FM in the city of Brighton Hove, but we're also, uh, we, we broadcast on TuneIn, um, that, that radio station broadcasts on that, or you can pick up the podcast on audioboom.com and look for the channel The Albion Raw, and all our uh, archive shows are on that. Excellent. Hopefully, we do speak again next season as Premier League contestants. Absolutely. Enjoy the day, but not too much. Cheers, mate. All the best. Big thanks again then to Alan from the Brighton & Hove podcast and radio show, The Albion Raw. And do make sure you check out their show for all of your Brighton needs. And maybe if you're listening along on Saturday morning around lunchtime, somebody may make a cameo. So be aware of that. Anyway, that does just about wrap up this week's big match build-up show. Saints are finally back in action. But can we continue the momentum from Tottenham? But I'm interested to know what you guys think. Let me know your predictions in the comments or on the usual social pages. Is this a must not lose? So thank you very much for sticking with us. And if you're heading along to the Amex, do let us know if you're going. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Only one thing left from me is come on, you saints.